Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Sometimes it's the stories of kindness that stick with us. Michael Shook was standing in a grocery store, waiting in line to pay, when a man, several people in front of him, came up short. It was clear that he was on food stamps and struggling. This was early in the pandemic, before divisiveness had started to separate us. The reaction of everyone around him still brings Michael to tears. It's been a couple of years, two, two and a half years. We were, my wife and I were watching the, uh, the news that comes from the cable channel. Here it's called Time Warner Spectrum. And they were talking about um, the, the amount of people that had been infected in Los Angeles. I live outside of Los Angeles. I live in the greater LA area. Uh, and how much it affected LA as much as the place, the really big place in, I think it was Brooklyn in New York City. Um, I mean, they were, I mean, they were, I think the first time we really thought about it, they were talking about bringing in refrigerated trucks to park outside the morgues. At first I thought it would be a blip on the, on the radar, so to speak, a, a small temporary thing. Um, I have, I have some science background. So, so my wife and I would talk about the ideas that a virus is mutating come back in, in another form. Um, and now that turns out to be true, you know, which is, I mean, that's what viruses do anyway. I mean, this is, this is how they work. And they go, you know, you have to wait for the, the virus to mutate outside the, the boundaries of what a vaccine will actually take care of. And then they have to have another vaccine. I think we're on number four now or some of the variants, not all of them. I personally thought it was just gonna be, it was just gonna be done, but that turned out to, to not be the case. And I think actually it's long haul, probably for five or 10 years. And, and first I thought they, they would just take care of it. Some people would get sick. I don't mean to sound callous or cruel um, and people would die from COVID. I don't mean to sound cold because that's not my, actually my wife died from COVID. So I'm not cold in this in, in any way, but we thought it would be a shorter amount of time and now realizing it's, it's not for whatever, whatever reason. I'm not trying to get into politics here. It just, it just kept on going. There's a lot of municipalities here. Southern California has a lot of overlapping municipalities, a lot of towns and cities and villages and 
20 million people live here. This is a huge, this is a big place. Anyway, so the answer to that is, is complicated because some places you can't even go inside unless you're wearing a mask still, an N95 mask still. In some places you can't uh, go in unless you can prove you've had a vaccine plus additional boosters. And some places are just like, yeah, whatever. So I don't know if there is not an overall status. And, it, and seriously, it depends on what county you're in. There's, uh, there's six counties within the general area of where, of where I live. And each of them has different rules. And every town or city or municipality within it has additional rules. And then sometimes people break them. Yeah, a different order, like restaurants or theaters or stores will just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, there's so many governments here. I mean, it's crazy stuff. And everybody's mad. And Orange County is all super Republican. So they were really angry with, I mean, that's where the, they wanted to impeach Newsom. He was the governor of California. They wanted to impeach Newsom. That started in Orange County because of none of anything except politics. And so it depends on where you go, what political party is, is in control. It's just, I don't know how people, I have no idea how people figure it out. I really, I really don't. It, it isn't red light, green light. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what it is. I mean, tomorrow I got to drive to, or uh, Thursday I got to drive to San Bernardino uh, for a, uh, for a gig, gig job. And I'll pass through 15 different municipalities, each of whom has different rules. I don't have to get out of the car, thank goodness. But um, I'll pass through 12, 12 different municipalities and each of them has their own rules. It isn't simple. There is one, they said, I think the last thing I saw Newsom was saying was, um, you know, there's no mask mandates anymore. There's no vaccine mandates anymore. Disneyland quit with mask and vaccine mandates. But I think that's all political financial pressure. I, I think that's more than anything else because people are still dying by the thousands. But, but, I, but I also honestly don't know if it would make a difference because the numbers might be down a little bit from original infections, but as far as, as death rates go, I mean, it's like when I was a kid, we would look at the, the news at night about the war in Vietnam. And they would, it's almost like they gave the score every night. This many Vietnamese soldiers were killed. This many Americans were killed. It's, it was like that. It's like people tuned in to hear the score, and which, which I think is you know, a cultural thing, inappropriate and kind of, I don't know what, grotesque at best. The biggest issue is that my wife, she had a, a long-term uh, illness. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She had it for 20 years. That's a debilitating disease that eats away at you, at your, it's an autoimmune disorder, so it really messes with your, uh, your immune system. She didn't have a cold for 20 years, but her body was tired of fighting all the things that were happening to it. And she got COVID. I was thinking about that. I don't want to go get the death certificate because it's only been, it's only been a couple of months. So I don't want to cry on the camera. Yeah. But a secondary cause of the of, uh, cause of death for her was, was COVID. So that's probably the biggest thing. But we stayed really isolated because we tried to be super careful. I mean, I was religious about this stuff. I wore my mask everywhere. I buy them by the, the dozens when I could get them. Because it used to be you couldn't get them, but I 
bite them by the dozens. I scrub my hands. I take change my clothes. I do all that stuff, and she still got it. So that's probably the biggest way it affected affected my life. Plus, it changed our it changed the outlook on life. Half the now, Temecula is really Temecula is growing. Um, Hemet Hemet is kind of actually they're building a lot of new houses on the, the park off at Newport. So it isn't like it isn't growing, but it's a very isolated too because it's off the freeway. So we had a, a pocket of insulation, but also everybody here works up in in the greater LA area. I mean, you get up in one like when I go on on Thursday, they'll be I'll be in traffic jams in Hemet trying to get on the on the 60 or they'll have to take the 10. But there'll be a traffic jam and a bridge in Beaumont. It'll take me five or 10 minutes to get over the bridge. There's so many people here, it's, it's a bedroom community. My own personal belief is technology overall should be a servant of the people that use it. And, and I believe now it's become more a master. Now, now this is, I'm talking about technology in a form of communication because we carry our phones everywhere. Well, I don't, but most everybody carries their phone everywhere. So instantly when something bad happens, it shows up on your phone. So you get a chance all day long to get dinged again and again and again and again from all this stuff that happens. I think that's probably the biggest reason I don't think it's helped. The 24 hour news cycle that gives you bits update every 15 minutes probably is not the easiest way for people to make decisions about their lives in general. Um, as far as technology, medical technology, I think people were just overwhelmed. This bike came out of nowhere and swamped the uh, medical community with um, a huge amount of uh, fatalities. I remember they talked about flattening the curve and they would talk, talk about that all the time. But it wasn't, but it was like, hey, we have to flatten the curve. It wasn't like they were saying, all these people aren't going to die in six months instead of two months. They're just not going to do it right now. That's the part that kind of left out. So I think that kind of instantaneous communication would, would and, and I believe that's really dependent on technology because we can get that all the time. You don't turn it into the evening news at six or seven or whatever. If I don't happen today, it doesn't work that way. Um, it's like updated all the time right now. Um, so I think it affected it in a very dismal way. I think it hurt a lot of people more than it helped. I think in general, when when things were, were really, they're not so hard now, or maybe we just become used to being scared all the time. I'm not, I'm not really sure. A year, year and a half ago, people were really being punched around. It felt like everyone was being punched around. Kind of like dizzy from getting knocks on the head every 15 minutes on the phone, or think about what a bad day it was today, or how many people died yesterday, or whatever. But it also turned out that people, at least in my experience, seemed to be kinder and gentler. And I was in the was in the grocery store. Hemet is not a not a wealthy community, so a lot of people on the, on the food stamps, a lot of people scratch their money together just to buy groceries. Anyway, standing in line in the store and uh, the person, maybe three or four people in front of me, doesn't have enough money to pay. They're, they're on food stamps, but they don't have enough money left to pay for the groceries. And so they're short, um, five bucks maybe. And so they're, they're trying to figure out what to do. And the person that was standing in front of me said, I have a dollar, you can have this. 
And it turns out that a lot of people felt that way. And the people in the checkout lines pass around a hat. No must, no fuss. They just put what they could. Sorry. They collected about 20 bucks. They were short five. Nobody asked for the money back. I'd never seen anything like that. Everyone was having a hard day. Everyone was having a hard life. And here they were just, just being kind. It was really sweet. I was glad I was there. And of course, everybody's crying. Anyway, it was really, was really kind. It was, it was, it was when people were really frightened, really scared. Nobody was yelling at anybody else for wearing their masks or not wearing their masks. Or, not that I haven't seen that, but people get arguments in places, but it's not so bad here. I know it's, I know it's bad in a lot of places. People are doing it still, at least in the States. I don't know, I don't know how it is in other places, but here it's, it's, it, it's still bad. People get in arguments outside of stores, churches, Target, making fun of each other for wearing or not wearing masks or being careful. But that day, it was like a shared communal sorrow and everybody chipped in what they could and it was nice. I mean, they passed their money over from person to person from the piles they were in. And I truly, I mean, I've been around the world half a dozen times and I've never seen them. Anyway, so that was both an incident in a very positive way. Not that it haven't been awful things or have, but it's nice. I like to remember that day instead of uh, people throwing down in the quick check line at the supermarket. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.